when resin prices fluctuate, when a company acquisition happens, when any news breaks, a paid subscription to Plastics News keeps you informed. Sign up today for a paid subscription to Plastics News. Options include print, digital, even group subscriptions tailored to your business needs. Sign up is easy at plasticsnews.com slash subscribe. I'm Brennan Lafferty, publisher of Plastics News. This is What Keeps You Up at Night. My guest this week, Tom Thompson, president and CEO at Teal Plastics in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Boy, you know things are going well when 20% and 30% growth is what your business is dealing with the last couple years. That's the situation Tom Thompson finds himself in at Teal Plastics. From government funding to help supply swabs for COVID tests to expansion of their extrusion and injection molding business, Teal Plastics' trajectory is up and up some more. Thompson's five-year plan also includes acquisitions, which could include new end markets and new geographies for this processor with four facilities, all of which are in Wisconsin. It's June 3rd. What keeps you up at night begins now. Tom Thompson is on the line from Baraboo, Wisconsin. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Brennan. Happy to be here. So, Tom, I believe 2021 is Teal's 70th anniversary. I read that you've been at Teal for more than 25 years. This company must mean a lot to you, and I'm sure it means a lot to the many employees there. Any big plans to celebrate 70 years at Teal? I know it's not exactly back to normal in the United States or anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. We have a lot of a lot of great plans. We're trying to roll out certain activities that we can do to celebrate with our employees. We brought in a food truck. We're having a ice a truck coming in for uh, flavored ice, um, and we're, we're scheduled to have some other celebration activities throughout the year. Uh, large lunch uh, gathering for all our employees over the summertime. So, in in doing a lot of you know, 70th year type of, you know, cookies and golf balls and different things like that to hand out to our employees just to kind of celebrate. It's really been a, a long stretch and, you know, we want to really celebrate some of the, the former owners as well that really got us here because that's really, you know, how it has to be done. It doesn't happen, you know, with just a few good people. It's got to be a lot of people over a long period of time. So we're really pleased to be able to do that and do some fun things with our employees. Cool. It sounds like you'll be celebrating throughout the year, even. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we have an events coordinator, coordinating committee that plans some nice things out throughout throughout the year. So we're going to have fun and, and hit a, and a bunch of different activities over a long period of time here to kind of stretch things out. Because like you say, the last 12 months has definitely been a, a challenge for everyone. So I think people are, due, uh, are looking forward to a lot of celebration activities. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they are. So, Tom, Teal purchased a uh, 180,000-square-foot facility near your headquarters late last year, expanding your pipe extrusion business. Uh, my question is, is the facility up and running? And if so, what has that done for the business so far? So far, What can you tell us? Yeah, 
Yeah, we did. Uh, we we went into that. We're actually you know, leasing that facility right now, 180,000 180, square feet. We also have an option uh, for an additional 109,000 square foot to lease that as we grow. We, we really feel strongly about our growth here, so we're planning for that into the future. But what that really allowed us to do, we moved four extrusion lines, like you said, for our industrial pipe division, making gas pipe as well as um, a conduit um, for fiber optic cables um, into that facility and allowed us to lengthen those lines, which increases our speed that we can run uh, that product at and reduce our costs for our customers. So it really allowed us to grow on that market and give us additional space where we can add multiple lines. We could probably add up to seven or eight additional lines in there hmm. right now for growth. So that's great. The other thing it really did for us, it freed up space in our headquarters, our two-port facility in Baraboo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we added uh, an additional nine injection molding machines, all from Arbor, a great partner of ours that we've worked with for many years now, and uh, really allow us to grow in that area as well. So we're really excited about both of those projects and the growth that we're seeing and, and the opportunities we have moving forward. Very good. So... And you say there's an option to lease additional space. Uh, maybe it's early days and you can't tell yet. Do you do you anticipate um, taking on that additional 100,000 square feet? Yes. Yeah, for sure. We have plans. We have a five-year plan that we're working on. And, um, you know, there's a couple of different options depending on opportunities that mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. But looking at and adding more lines for our industrial pipe division, um, again, growing our conduit and gas pipe product line, but we also have plans where we may expand our that in that area uh, where the the lease uh, option is for our injection molding projects as well. So we have a couple of different options there. So we definitely feel confident we're going to use that or need that space. So uh, that's kind of what we're working on right now. Wow, that's exciting. I, I think you were alluding to this. I, I was going to ask you, you received uh, a grant. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's the right word for it from the U.S. Department of Defense last year, almost $7 million to purchase those injection molding machines and a couple extrusion lines. Now, I believe those were for making the swab sticks for COVID testing. My question, are you still making those swabs with that equipment? And if so, how long do you anticipate using the machines for those purposes and if we can keep track of a third question, how many millions of these sticks have you guys made? Yeah, I'll answer the last question first. <laughs> uh, we've made, just in the last 12 months, over 1.4 billion swab sticks. So uh, both on the extrusion and molding side. So a tremendous wow. amount of uh, swab sticks just in the last 12 months. Um, so that's, that's been a, a great story, and we've been really pleased to be able to help out in that effort with this whole pandemic. Sure. But yeah, the, we got that grant from the Department of Defense, the government. We did add in nine uh, Arberg injection molding machines. Uh, they've run great. They're up and running, qualified. The tools are here as well. So we've been producing injection molded swabs for our customers. We also added two new swab extrusion lines and worked with our partners there, Conair, Davis Standard, etc., to really get those lines implemented. And those have been up and running very, very strongly and, and with the higher demand as well. What we don't know, and a lot of people don't know, is you know how long this will last. We're, we're seeing, obviously, some downturn in, in the production of those right now, yep. um, especially on the 
extruded side from the swap stick. Injection molding is still um, going fairly strong um, because those are used in a lot of other areas besides just COVID. So, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how long you know things you know contain continue to be busy in that area. Um, we're we're planning like it will slow down, but I think there's going to be a, a kind of continued elevation of, of need out there for, for quite some time. But yeah, we're, we're, so we're ready for it if need be, but we got a lot of other opportunities we can focus on as well if, if that does slow down. Gotcha. Okay. So you can repurpose that equipment uh, as, as that need kind of decreases, it sounds like. Yes. And our contract with the government says that, you know, based on the Defense Production Act, if if we do do that and use the equipment to run other products, if, if there is another pandemic or some other need, they can come in and issue that Defense Production Act order, and then we have to use the, those lines to run uh, those specific swab products on there. So um, that's our only requirement related to that. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. Well, let's let's talk COVID maybe from a, an HR perspective. You know, I'm sure like you, you know, I've been reading a lot about companies who are, you know, maybe struggling a little bit with how to handle vaccinations for employees, masks um, nowadays, as as I've been reading, some are requiring employees to get vaccinated. Others are requiring visitors to show proof of either a negative test or a vaccination. So, you know, from a management perspective, from an HR perspective, how is Teal handling this situation? Is there a vaccination policy, for example? Yeah, right now uh, we've been trying to look at that from a couple different aspects. For the last several months, we've been paying our employees that show a vaccination card. I think it's 25 or $50 uh, the employee would receive for showing that. So that would be a, one way we're just trying to encourage the, the, our employees to get vaccinated mm-hmm. was one step. The other thing that we've done is brought, in, brought on site where people can get vaccinated on site. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Stark County's where we're at here in Wisconsin has worked with us to bring that on site. And so people have gotten vaccinated that way. We've also helped set up people's appointments to help them get vaccinated that way. So trying to do a lot of things there. And so now what we're going to do starting June 2nd actually is, is uh, for those who show a vaccination card with proof of vaccination, they don't have to wear a mask in the facility anymore and at Teal. Mm-hmm. But people who, for whatever reason, if they don't want to show a vaccination card or don't want to get vaccinated, um, they will have to continue to wear a mask. So, you know, that's that's something that we're implementing next week. So I don't can't tell you how that's going to go yet, but <laughs> we're trying to get back to normal. It's kind of the, the kind of the mantra there, and and uh, so we're hoping to be able to do that here. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like a scaled down down version of what the state of Ohio is doing, where they have their million dollar lottery giveaway for anyone in the state. <laughs> Very scaled out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the similar incentive, I, I get you. Okay. Well, you know, maybe sticking on the HR front, uh, another question uh, about hiring. You know, you guys are expanding as we've talked about a little bit. Um, you know, finding frontline employees on the shop floor has long been a problem in the manufacturing space. Is that true for Teal today? How do you find and more importantly, how do you hold on to good employees? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, it's, it's been a battle. And that's when you, you know, the, the title, title of your uh, uh, story here, what keeps you up at night. That's one of the ones that definitely do. Yeah. Uh, 
hired 100 new employees last year, I mean net 100, so a lot of people coming on board and we still are in a hiring mode right now, so we've, we've taken on a lot of different actions there to try to not only recruiting, but retention. Um, we're having multiple job fairs where people come in at the Teal, they go through an interview process and we offer them a job right on the spot. So that's one thing wow. that we're trying to do. And that's been actually very successful. And we have those at different hours of the day and even some at night, quite frankly, mm-hmm. at, at trying to draw in people. We've also increased our wages. So we've increased our wages to over $15 an hour just to starting. We've increased our, our shift premiums for night shift because that's been even more of a challenge than day shift. Yep. Those are, we've increased those a lot. We've added vacation time as well for new employees. And we've, we've started this new thing um, called the golden ticket. And that's going to be where if we get an employee referral, we have an employee referral program, but we're going to make a big deal out of it where if an employee refers somebody, they start a deal, they're here for a month, we're going to have a golden ticket where I'm going to present it to them. And it's going to, you know, that golden ticket will give them an extra week of vacation. And so it's kind of an interesting, fun thing. We're trying to draw a spotlight on that. And then we'll, we'll take pictures of that, send that home uh, in a kind of a letter to the employees. And hopefully their spouse will see it and, and ask the employee, why aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it sounds a little Willy Wonka-ish there with the golden ticket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, can I ask a follow-up? Uh, the what's the what's the difference for the the shift differential for for night? If if you've raised wages to roughly fifteen dollars an hour for day shifts, what's the night shift paying? Yeah, so we had, that's up to four dollars an hour shift differential now. So it's say nineteen dollars an hour. That's just you know for starting wages. So wow. So yeah, so we've we're trying to track, you know, you know, not just people that aren't working, but also people that are working, uh, you know, from our talent pool, because it, it is such a, it's a tough thing out there right now for, and I hear it from everybody I talk to, um, and that's hiring people, and it doesn't matter what industry, so that's what we're, we're doing right now to help combat that. Yeah, well, that sounds like some, uh, some proactive and, and some fun activities, so uh, I wish you luck with that. So injection molding, let's talk a little bit about that side of your business. Uh, you know, I know that that was new to Teal in 2017. Can't, hard to believe that was five years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you see injection molding uh, that side of the business growing uh, for Teal? And how does it fit in with the with the extrusion side? Which what are your thoughts there? Yeah, right now um, that's one of our fastest growing areas. Um, it was something we talked about a long time even before we did it we went out and purchased molding machines without having any orders <laughs> uh, which was a little bit of a, a risk I guess because we felt confident we could make it a success and you know now now we're up to 17 molding machines and honestly in one of the projects we're looking at ordering you know maybe a dozen or more additional Arbor molding machines they've been a again a great partner for us so we look at that as a really key part of our growth and our growth strategy because it ties so well in. You talked about our extrusion business. It really ties in so well with that because there is a lot of products out 
there, one, that our customers buy both extrusion and molding parts, and then two, there's a lot of tubing that are also used molded parts, and so then there's an assembly part of that too that we've been able to to take on with some of our opportunities. So it's really synergistic in, in the relationship there. Luckily for us, we had people here already that were very knowledgeable of molding mm-hmm. that were in our extrusion area. Partnering, obviously, with Arberg has been a big help for us and getting us going there. And, and so we're really excited about it. And, and the other last thing I would say is that the other thing that dovetails nicely into our extrusion business and molding is that our material knowledge, we have a vast material knowledge. We use over 50 or 60 different raw materials on an annual basis. So we, we take that same kind of philosophy into our molding areas so we can do a lot and offer a lot with our capabilities there. So we're really super excited about it and, um, again, see that as a huge part of our growth going forward. Sounds like you, you might wish that you would have uh, gotten into it a little bit before 2017. Yeah, if I, you know, if you could turn that <laughs> clock back we definitely would for sure knowing what we know now for sure right yep. so my next question for you uh is about you know it continues to be about growth uh, should we expect teal to pursue acquisitions as part of any growth strategy uh, you know we've reported you know how you have additional financial backing now you know ownership with a private equity group and that's often part of the strategies that they employ um is acquisitions in the in the future for teal Yes, definitely. We are, that's part of our five-year plan and our growth strategy. Um, we've had, luckily, so many more organic opportunities that we've been working on. Mm-hmm. So we've been focused on, on those opportunities and projects, really, you know, 2020 and then this year, so far in 2021. But our plans are, yes, to definitely, you know, start doing some work in the acquisition environment and getting out there and, and doing some bolt-on acquisitions to really increase the value of teal, you know, and that could be in a lot of different areas. It, it could be focused in the markets we're already in. It could be, you know, another molding or extrusion opportunity. Um, we're kind of leaving it a little bit wide open right now, but, uh, or it could be in another geographic area because, as you know, all, all four of our factories are in, in Baraboo right now, Wisconsin. So yeah. you know, they get that reach out there a little bit further, I think would be a good thing as well. So, we're really excited about that because it's definitely something we're going to be taking a good hard run at here, if not later this year, but should, certainly into 2022. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we'll keep a watchful eye out for that. So, yeah. the you know, Tom, as you referenced, uh, the, the title of, of this podcast is What Keeps You Up at Night? So I'll put that question to you. Is there anything keeping uh, Tom Thompson up at night? Yeah, as I mentioned a little bit early, it's really... Uh, the labor side of things, I think that continues to be a challenge. And, and you know, it's it, the people we have are fantastic. The employees we have at Teal, I can't say enough good things about them, but finding those next set of people um, is one thing that I'm concerned about, especially if we continue to grow like we are. And we grew, you know, 20% in 2020. This year we're looking at growing, you know, 30% or more. So it's, you know, with that comes additional people um, to help us grow. And, you know, the fear obviously would be is, you know, might stymie our growth a bit if we can't find the people we need. So that's the one major thing I think that if I was to say of anything that's facing us right now, which are other headwinds, obviously, with resin and what's going on in that that market. But I would say definitely labor is number one, for sure. Yeah. 
My goodness, 20%, 30% growth. I I hope, uh, you know, expectations aren't uh, that high for every year of your five-year plan. That's that's incredible growth. Yeah, yeah. It does taper down a little bit after that. You're right. So these are just uh, a little bit a little bit higher, but in good, good challenges in a good way. So. For sure, for sure. Well, Tom, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you and Wanted to wish you best of luck to you and, and the team at Teal Plastics. Thanks so much, Brennan. I appreciate you having me. All right. My thanks to Tom Thompson, President and CEO of Teal Plastics in Baraboo, Wisconsin. For more information on the company, visit teal, T-E-L, plastics.com. Web producer Aaron Sloan helps produce this podcast. Patty Shaheda designed our graphics for the website and social media. Grace Lafferty edited our audio. Thank you for listening. For an archive of What Keeps You Up at Night podcast, visit plasticsnews.com slash audio. I'm Brendan Lafferty, publisher of Plastics News. Stay tuned for a parting message from Plastics News. What Keeps You Up at Night is brought to you by the Plastics News Data Store. Download the new Thermoformers ranking today. This ranking of the 200 largest thermoforming companies contains nearly 400 plant locations, the end markets they serve, and what materials they use. Shop the Plastics News Data Store for dozens of rankings and lists, from mold makers to compounders, injection molders to blow molders. Explore the data store at plasticsnews.com slash data dash lists. Visit the Plastics News Data Store today.